Join us each week as we explore the world of tech startups, only on Technically Speaking with Fareed Kamani. Techni- All right, here we go. Uh, welcome back to Technically Speaking. Uh, this week, I have Jason Ketterman, uh, a, uh, a young man, young man from the U.S., uh, who has set up shop here in Kenya uh, for various reasons. Uh, I think all of which are to do with tech in one way or another. Is that correct? It is correct, yes. Okay. Jason, before we get into what you do, tell us a little about who you are. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Why you ended up in the tech space? Yeah, sure. Uh, I I think like many things, uh, it was an accident. But so uh, I'm an American. I grew up in a a very uh, rural part of New Hampshire called, uh, sorry, rural part of the U.S. called New Hampshire. Um, I traveled around a bit, you know, with with most things in in life, if you uh, pursue um uh, uh opportunity and things like that the if you broaden your horizons to open them up to anywhere um there is often more opportunity and so i spent uh, a year in denver three years in chicago two in washington dc um and then i spent the last seven years in uh, boston which is um uh, uh, metropolitan uh, new hampshire they're 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 basically the same area but um you know i i actually always wanted to be a banker because as a student my um, largest aptitude was was math, but uh, one of the things my, my dad likes to say is, you know, man plans, God smiles. Um, you know, the as I was seeking jobs in banks, they effectively, you know, laughed in my face. I tried, you know, 20, 30 banks, and it was always the, the same conversation about the experience that they wanted, the background that they wanted, that, and at the time that I was pursuing it, I just didn't have it. And so as I was you know, desperate to do something with my education that I would get some utility out of it. Somebody told me actually at this time, if I moved to Hartford, Connecticut, which is about uh, three-ish hours from where I grew up, that they would give me a job that would would leverage my my degree. Um, As it turned out, this was kind of a a chop shop of a a sales organization, you know, 100% commission, working me about 14 to 16 hours a day, um, you know, really living in in poverty. But, you know, during that time, because uh, they did have to ensure that they were getting something out of your time, they they spent a lot of time training me. Mm. Um, So I uh, continued to pursue sales jobs, and I think that, um, typically within that trade, the larger the transaction, the more that there is to share um, to the person who is doing the sales. And so I continued to move into bigger and bigger um, transactions, and typically that is uh, technology. And so um, by the time I was in a position that I could reposture myself to the banks, I had invested so much time, effort, and energy into tech and business development within tech that um, it never made sense to go backwards from there. Okay. Uh, so before you... When did you come to Kenya? When did you arrive here in Nairobi? Uh, I came for my first visit in in January of last year, so 2021. Right. Um, I I was online dating with a a site that I assumed was going to be U.S. only. Okay, Um, because that's what I wanted to get to. Why did you come here? So now you're telling me that story. Great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, you know, like most of them, they say if you just swipe right on everybody, you'll match with some people and then then you can talk to them, right? But if you want to pay them, then they'll tell you, you know, who the, the girls are. And I assumed that as a, you know, local, that I understood it to be local app um, with uh, my location as Boston, that I was going to have Boston matches. And then when I paid them, I found out that there were in many different places. Some of them were in Kenya. I'd never been here. Um, and, and I thought to myself, well, I, I already paid. I might as well talk to them, right? And so there was a, a girl that seemed uh, really great. Uh, I wanted to impress her, so I brought her to you know all of the, the most beautiful places I could find around here, which was Champagne Ridge and Naivasha and Nakuru, you know, did... 
um, all of the, the the things that you would do if you were just trying to make the most of a of a visit. And uh, great girl, but probably wasn't great for me. I, I loved Kenya and not really her, so I, I decided to come back for another visit. And right. after the uh, the next visit, I, I realized that I just I really liked it out here, so I, I moved out here. Okay, and 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 when you moved out here, were you thinking of how you could? help to improve the, the tech space how you could help to help startups to to realize their dreams how you could use your experience and expertise to create the next generation of of incredible uh, platforms and 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 uh, solutions no no i wasn't actually okay. i mean I, i'm always thinking about how i can help people so that that of course is is something that was um on my mind and uh so there's a, a gentleman on on the coast he's a he's a pretty well-known politician um, I, I shouldn't necessarily say who he is, but he's, he's a really good guy. Um, and he has a lot of land in various places on, on the coast. And one of the things that we bonded over was, you know, our desire to help people and do more for people. And so he brought me out to this, this plot of land that he had in a, a village in Kuali. And, um, you know, he was asking me what, he, what I think he should do with the land. And I looked at him and I kind of scratched my head and I was like, well, gosh, I've, I've never, you know, been on a farm or any kind of irrigation project or, or anything that would have any consequence or merit for this particular area. And I think that even though my, my suspicion and inclination was that my, my skill set would really be exclusively garner utility out of helping businesses, um, this was a reminder that, you know, I, guy with great intentions and doing everything that he can to help people locally but I have I have no knowledge no expertise no capacity to help with this in any capacity and um, you know I, I had a, a fair amount of success within tech uh, in the US and also in real estate and things like that um, and so for a while I was actually looking to get into bonds um, you mm -hmm. know I think that Kenyan savings bonds are um, you know wonderful the, the the shilling has struggled a little bit over the last year hopefully that's stabilized I have no idea it's not my area of expertise and one of the reasons why I didn't invest in that is because I do believe that if you're going to do something you should find somebody who really knows the space you should mm. never pretend that you're an expert in something that you're not but so as I was meeting with various um, investment bankers they actually uh, brokered an introduction to one of the accelerators out here um, and through happenstance, somebody didn't show up to the board, and so they invited me to uh, sit on their, their panel and, and evaluate businesses out there. And uh, while the idea of starting my own accelerator was, was already out here under the same premise that you should always get involved with people that have expertise in things, um, this provided an opportunity where I could leverage their expertise mm. in running accelerators and then complement that with my capacity to do um, strategic advisory and business development and things like that. So it was it was really an accident that this all um, happened, uh, but it's a happy accident. You know, I'm, yeah. I've been loving the work that I've been doing. I've been so fortunate with the people that I've been able to interact with and, and, and surround myself with. So everything about it's just been really wonderful. And, and, and you know, come this happening by accident, I mean, really, are there really ever any accidents anyway? You know what I mean? You're here, this opportunity presented itself, uh, and you're doing some great work with some very young uh, and hungry uh, innovators and, and, uh, and startups. Uh, before we get into some of those startups in particular, and I know you have uh, some that you're um, more passionate about, or I say most passionate about, um, someone like yourself in a market like Kenya where... Yes, we have the expertise. Yes, the brain power is here, but maybe not so much the structured investment and learning. A lot of these people are at the University of YouTube learning how to code or, you know, um, 
we don't really have the structure say you would have somewhere in the US for example how important is it for people like you to come here and then you 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 can almost be that bridge from uh, I don't want to say an amateur tech uh, a techie to a professional techie but it, you, you get what I'm, go- I'm getting at yeah so if you look at the um, structure of business um, and what I mean by that is even something as simple as uh, the cash flow or the balance sheet as to the line items labor is a much more expensive cost in, in developed countries and as a byproduct of that there is a necessity to train that 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 labor to get um, more utility out of them uh, such an expensive asset you would never dream of not investing in those assets and, and I think that that here as a, as a developing country they are you know I think still in the early stages of recognizing how valuable some of the the talent some of the people out here can be. Um, I, I have this conversation with people because there have certainly been uh, expressed sentiment that, uh, you know, this organization is, is underpaying me, so therefore I'm not going to work as hard as I should. And and I would challenge everybody, you know, whoever thinks that way that, you know, you, you, you that won't get you anywhere, right? The, 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 way that you need to do things is prove your value, validate your value, and then you can take it anywhere that you want, right? And and if you have truly validated that value, that and it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? This could be a, a restaurant server who feels that they're they're undervalued. If if you're, you know, delivering faster to your tables and 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 you know convincing them that, you know, the special today is better or, you know, that they should get this extra dessert or this extra drink or whatever, right? That holds a lot of value to the manager, the business owner, all of these people. And so when you say say that, that I'm leaving because I'm not getting, you know, as much money as I feel like I deserve or this other place is going to offer me money. If you're that valuable, they're going to want to keep you. And and this is just basic economics. And so the, 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 the thought process and the narrative should never be about how somebody isn't giving you what you should deserve. It's about how you need to validate that value and then prove to the marketplace that you have it. Mm. And, and I think it's a little bit of a, a shift in thinking, but you know, it would be me doing a, a disservice to suggest that, you know, any of this is easy, right? You know, it's a lot of hard work and, and, and you know, trying to grow on your own can certainly be very challenging. But so I have been surprised that by the limited amount of organizations that are really investing a lot of time, effort, and energy and helping people refine their, their trade, no matter what it be. And, um, you know, I, I do think that, that having YouTube is a, is a wonderful resource, right? You know, Elon Musk um, talks about how anybody can be an expert in anything just by simply using YouTube. I know that one day I, I overslept Valentine's Day and realized that I was in a real pickle and I needed to learn how to cook that day. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, right, you know, right. if, I, if I took her to a fancy restaurant like McDonald's, you know, I'm, I'm probably uh, in, a, in a bit of a troubling situation. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. you know, I, I used YouTube to, to learn how to cook. And at this point, Point, you know, people compliment me all the time on on the cooking techniques that I've learned from from something like this. So, um, you know, uh, Tony Robbins, one of my my favorite statements from him, he talks about why we fail to achieve something. And, you know, people can say, you know, I didn't have the time, I didn't have the money, I didn't have the resources. I believe that there is a big perception here that it's, you know, about who you know and, and that that's the, the, the gateway to, to success and things like that. But, um, boy, I, I got here not too long ago and, and I, I feel that I could say that my network's pretty strong and robust out here. You know, mm. I've, I've met a lot of great people. Um, and so Tony Robbins says, why is it that we failed to achieve something? And funny enough, uh, Al Gore was in the audience. He recently lost the presidential election over a Supreme Court decision. And he says to the Supreme Court, 
And everybody in the room laughs, right? And he says, what do all of these things have in common? And they, he says they're a claim to lacking resources. And they may be true. You may not have the time, the money, the connections, whatever it may be, the Supreme Court. But they are not the defining factor. And when he just says this to the, to the former vice president, the person just lost the presidential election, you know, this is a, a very bold statement. Yeah. And, and what he means is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the defining factor to your success is never resources. It is always resourcefulness. Mm. And and I, and I believe that through and through to my core and every facet of, of, of my heart. So um, uh, to your original question, you know, the, the importance of me being here, uh, I think that if people are resourceful, they can do anything and they can accomplish anything. But, but, but I think it's the guide and the direction for, for people to, to, to get into the mindset of being resourceful as opposed to seeking resources. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not saying, you know, I don't want to put off the opinion that without you, it wouldn't happen. What I am trying to say is that sometimes we need to be sort of led in the direction. Let's take your one of your, the startups that you're quite passionate about, which is Jungle Farm. Um, and, uh, you know, you'll explain it better than me. But basically a pharmaceutical <clears throat> app and solution. Uh, and you're working with a team of great guys. Um, before you tell us about your experience with Jungle Farm, just explain what Jungle Farm is. Yeah, so Jungo is uh, Latin for bridge, and what the company is doing, uh, the inception story was that back when COVID happened, a lot of the, the medical supply chain switched to PPE, and as such, medications became very, very hard to find. Um, unfortunately, the, the founder lost a f lot of friends who were, were diabetics, and they, they just couldn't find the insulin that they needed, and when they were desperate, they turned to Twitter, and as it turned out, the medication was available. They just didn't know where it was, and so you know those with resources were able to um, find ways to get it, but that that left a lot of people in, in much more challenging situations. And so the founder of the company said, I don't want this to happen ever again. And so he set out to digitize the, the pharmaceutical industry. So current uh, present state, you know, most pharmacies, not all, you know, the large ones have, have technology, but most of them are just using pen and paper. And so they have um, technology that they offer for free. So any pharmacy can go to jungofarm.com, they can sign up, and what they will get is they'll get free inventory management, free point of sale, and then with any distributor that is uh, elected to get onto the platform, they can order from them. And this is um, a large source of, of pain because, um, you know, currently the to, to address this, the, the distributor are generally trying to use telesales staff to address this need of all these phone calls that are coming in. But the, it's just not possible, right? I mean, there's a, believed to be about 24,000 pharmacies in this country. Nobody has 24,000, you know, telesales people. And so they often sit on hold, they get frustrated, they call other distributors. And so they've they've created this ability to order from them online and they, they automate all of the process. So they can create the invoicing, the, I don't know exactly what the, the, the term is that you use out here, but bill of lading or pick list for the warehouse to be able to do it, the documents for the, the delivery driver, the ability to sign off on the, the invoices electronically, so that the, the whole process is, is digitized. Um, uh, but um, uh, the, the impact, which was really shocking with their, their pilot uh, distributor, you know, they were able to reallocate a lot of the staff that was traditionally doing these tasks into other things, you know, perhaps move them into field marketing is a, is a common path. And because all the visibility of what's going on in the pharmacy, the field marketing people can actually now, rather than focusing on the pharmacies, focus on the doctors and educating them about the new medications that are available in the market. But uh, what was most shocking was that the sales of that distributor tripled. 
and they tripled because people are tired of of trying to make these phone calls and sitting yeah, on hold waiting on hold yeah yeah and and so uh that's the the business case but on the opposite side of this uh the idea and you know they're still working on on delivering critical mass but if you're looking for the the medications the life-saving medications that people were looking for before uh you can just go to the website and um you know find that medication they'll tell you it's at this pharmacy it's at this pharmacy it's at this pharmacy um i don't believe they've they've turn that on yet because I think that they're looking for for more critical mass but I can tell you one of the reasons why I got so passionate about this company is I myself am a diabetic um, and when I go and look for pharmacy or for for insulin it's very difficult you know this often can be a, a 10 to 15 pharmacy journey um, and so the the potential that this could be fixed with a single search yeah lives can be saved right absolutely because yeah. I have the the benefit and luxury of maybe some extra time, and when the supply is short and they start charging more, you know, I, I happen to be in a very you know blessed place where I can you know afford that. But there are some people that you know this may be the decision between you know life saving medication and food. Sure. And um, you know if they're working long hours six days a week, they they maybe don't have the luxury of running around to ten or fifteen different pharmacies. Absolutely. And and so yeah, absolutely. I think that's the 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 idea here that that you know lo- many lives should be saved by by the efforts that these guys are, are and, making and maybe just tell me before we close off uh what's it been like working with with this incredible team uh of of uh of well the founders but the entire team yeah so the entire team is is amazing and, I, and i'll say this about kenyans in general you know i, I think that uh the the u.s holds a, a lot of allure for a lot of reasons and some of it may be deserved but by and large, I think that a lot of Americans are somewhat unhappy, right? You know, we're, we're stressed that we think that we need this third big screen TV and this fancy car and everything else. So everybody works really hard in a, in a job that they're maybe not that passionate about for um, something that they don't even need. Um, and and so it's it's so refreshing out here to be around so many happy people that, that really, you know, enjoy what they're doing and appreciate every day. Um, but beyond that, you know, the, the team in Jungo farm is is really a a brilliant group of people um all of them i i I really admire and and feel so privileged to be to be working with so everything about it has just been really really positive and even the the potential clients right i mean i I can tell you that the 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 prospective clients and the actual clients that uh, that we've been working with are also you know really great people that offer us really great insights as to the things that we can build and that we can do and everything else so um everything about it has just been a a really you know great experience okay and maybe just uh, final thoughts on you know i mean you're here now you've been here for a while any, any plans to go back or you think this is home now no i don't i don't have any plans to go back i i would say that um you know i'm always nimble so i'm always evaluating you know what makes sense i, I think that you know if if we're able to have large-scale success within this country um, there would certainly be some question marks in my mind about whether or not you know utility of, of helping people in the same capacity in other countries uh, in Africa would would be you know the best use of my time or not but uh, with anything and everything that you do it's always one step at a time one tactical goal at a time fulfill that and then from there you can look at the the bigger picture and figure and out what you do next yeah all right Jason thanks for joining us on technically speaking thank you for it yeah